Yes. Uh, so uh, barring moral capital from the Christian worldviews is the next point that he goes to. And he says, as Christians, we're accustomed to thinking in an ethical way towards others. And we follow what's uh, commonly known, known as the golden rule. Uh, we're to be loving. We're to, to keep the rules. We're not to be unfair. We have uh, even scales uh, when it comes to our economics. We're not to abuse people. We're not to force ourselves on people. We all take that for granted. You must not let unbelievers take certain things for granted. You must not let the unbeliever steal from your philosophy. That is to borrow moral capital from your worldview and then pretend he hasn't done that. And so um, all these things that, that have come about um, uh, that fit into the, the philosophy that Christians hold to are adhered uh, uh, through different portions of that worldview. And so we're not just uh, uh, cutting off limbs to, to other religions and sticking them onto ours. This provides a complete picture of the basic belief systems for uh, which we uh, go out and do other things like have conversations or raise families or start businesses or uh, continue to run businesses. And so th th there are there are limitations to our actions within the scope. And one of them is the, the, the golden rule. And so uh, the, the, the you could say that the entire Western world has been built from some of these presuppositions. And we also see maybe the fall of the Western world is occurring because uh, we view these things as as uh, as more of a uh, maybe a helpful suggestion uh, at best, if not to throw them off completely. And so by saying unbelievers who exist in an independent way of a, a worldview that uh, doesn't allow for these things, or uh, at least not by argumentation, just take for granted those certain things uh we need to call that out and say whoa whoa, whoa. what do you mean by uh unfair uh you know mm -hmm. especially if you're talking to someone who's a nihilist uh unfair what, what you know what are you talking about unfair that the, there is no fair or unfair in your worldview uh you can't you know if, if i'm stealing your wallet you can't call that un unfair or wrong for 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 me to do according to you right and I think this is a really important point, right? That uh, we need to point this out. We can't allow unbelievers to get away with this. They are stealing, you know, borrowing, he says. But Frank Turk, if, if you'll recall, he has the book Stealing from God, and he makes the same point, right? Unbelievers are stealing uh, from God when they attempt to make these types of claims based on their worldview, right? And so uh, Bonson here tells us that we must not let the believer, the unbeliever say, well, we all know that we're supposed to play fair. Well, wait a minute. Right. What, oh, I, you know, what you uh, what you what you should say, he tells us is, well, I know that we're supposed to play pay, uh, play fair, but I don't know why you say that we're supposed to play fair. Right. Uh, so we're questioning their, their uh, assumption of, about fairness. Where does it come from, from their world? The fact is that whatever, you know, the unbeliever says at that point, then, you know, we have a question waiting for Bonson tells us. Why am I obligated to follow that standard? Well, we should play fair because, uh, you know, uh, things go better if we consider utilitarianism, the greatest good for the greatest number. Well, why should I care about that? Right. <laughs> you know, right. Uh, well, you know, things would be chaotic. So what? Why should I care about that? You know, that sort of thing. And so why am I obligated to follow that standard, especially if I can get away with it? 
I can get away with it. Then what's the big deal? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> So what he says is, he says, you see, given the, the unbeliever's worldview, he has no authority to make absolute moral judgments. Yeah. Uh, b- before coming here, I I, um, I was trying to finish this debate, uh, and I did, uh, between uh, Michael Shermer, a uh, skeptic, and uh, David Wood, who's the atheist. And uh, I'll, I'll link it to, to uh, the show notes here, but just go to the, the kind of the, the, um, the, the uh, back and forth between the two, and then the Q&As. And David Wood would say, uh, you know, can you give me a standard for how we can tell the difference between uh, uh, aliens doing it and God doing it? Or uh, the, the discussion would, would uh, uh, evolve into um, uh, moral claims. And so, uh, you know, th- there are uh, uh, nation states that uh, uh, don't let women uh, go outside without uh, an escort. And uh, we view that as wrong, but they view it as right. How do we make determinations? And so uh, he kept, he keeps pressuring Shermer and Shermer keeps just saying, well, talk to the women about this. Talk to, you know, you wouldn't want this to happen to you. So he, he takes kind of this, this uh, very limp-wristed uh, um, a viewpoint Talk of, to the of, alien about yeah, yeah of, of 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 um of utilitarianism of just like well i'm going to i'm going to talk about this one standard but then i'm going to bring in this other standard well okay then why that standard and so uh th- th- that i think watching that debate does a really good job of showing um why yes you can talk about oh well you know uh we we have more understanding of human dignity than we did back in the day so was it was it right back then because we didn't have that understanding or uh, it, has it been right then? And we just have societally morphed into these uh, different understandings that are equally as right because society has determined it was right at the time. Well, and how do we know that our understanding right now is right? What if, right. you know, hundred years from now, we have a different understanding. Does that make what we're doing now wrong? Right. And then that new understanding position right well, i mean where do we we could you know where do we end how yeah. do we, you know cut this beast off right we, we we can we can improve society uh uh by uh um letting people have the most amount of freedom and and having a uh, a system in place that that allows people to play fairly and uh, 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 retain uh, a majority of, of what they've earned. And then you have, you know, big, uh, big industrial revolutions, cultural revolutions. Uh, but now we view things as a, a danger to the planet. And now it's OK to force people to eat bugs. Well, it, it, it was it was OK back then to have people have freedom. But now it's OK for f- forcing of the the insect con- consummation of uh uh, consuming of uh, uh, you know the, the the protein and only that way. So at what point in time do we say, well, that's just an appeal to uh, you know uh, just what you think might work, and right. and if it doesn't, well then right. I was wrong. And uh, but we do know that utilitarianism is is the best way to go. You wouldn't like it. Well, I wouldn't like a, a bunch of things you might like. And so how do we how do we come into that conflict and how do we determine um, uh, the, the, the value of those things? Well, let's just let it play out. Okay, let's let it play out. Well, uh, unless if you're not eating bugs, then you have to. So uh, again, we um, it was a really good debate showing kind of this lack of, of clarity of having having a basis, having a, 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 a grounding for that the, the worldview. He goes on to say then that um, unbelievers have an underlying philosophy uh, that they're applying in their argument with you. And you, at this point, are going to start coming back with your apologetic. You're going to start using cross-examination to show the unbeliever that he has made a commitment that takes him to one destination when he thinks he's getting off at another. Show him where his worldview ends. 
show him that if he wants to keep the standard of rationality or science or morality or whatever that person's taking for granted, he will have to affirm the Christian worldview. Or we're going to say, here's where it leads to absurdity, or we're going to say, you know, here's where it's happened in the past, and this is the outcome of it. And so uh, uh, as Christians, we hopefully we believe that we have the one consistent and only uh, worldview that uh, should come into play. Although I've seen videos this week that uh, people that uh, proclaim to be Christians uh, don't always think that, and that's super weird. Uh, but but uh, but we're looking for uh, an, uh, a consistent uh, uh, worldview argument that then explains all the things that we can put into the box, which is everything in the universe. And, yeah. and we're going to call yeah. out when that doesn't happen. Good. Yeah. And so we need to, you know, and that's, that's, uh, this is a big, important, um, uh, uh, you know, procedure that Bonson uses, especially in his debates, right? He kind of attempts to show them where, you know, they, their particular uh, thinking gets off, right? Where, where their ticket takes them, right? right? And he helps them to see, or at least attempts to help them to see that they can't hold to that position unless they affirm a Christian world, right? Mm-hmm. Now, his, his next section here, he calls moral blame shift. And uh, he says, it's important to understand at this point why unbelievers insist that they're neutral, even though they aren't. Right? Well, I am neutral. I am neutral, right? He says, the unbeliever, according to the Bible, is guilty before God. And being guilty before God, obviously, is going to have some serious consequences for all eternity. And so the unbeliever wants to insist on neutrality because then the onus is on God for his unbelief and, of course, his wretched lifestyle and sin, right? In other words, you know, I don't understand. I didn't know. I didn't have enough evidence, uh, you know. Uh, and so that's a blame shifting. You're bl- if you tell God that you don't have enough evidence that he existed, that's why I don't believe it's God's fault, or at least you're attempting to make it God's fault. And that's the point that Bonson is trying to make here. And yet he quotes Paul in Romans one that says that God has made himself, you know, um, um, uh, manifested from heaven in such a clear and indisputable and inescapable way that all men know uh, God. Right. And so this is, you can't use that excuse is what he's suggesting God has made himself known. Right. And so you can't blame shit. Because again, this is part of our worldview. We're, we're, we're unable to lay the Bible down. We're unable to lay what God has commanded us to, to do or to say or to be or to believe. And one of those things to, to know and believe and say is what Paul said and what Paul took to uh, Mars Hill and what Paul took to the to Roman people and what Paul took the Jews in the synagogue and what Paul took to the to the uh, Gentiles and Peter and, and Philip and James and all, uh, you know, the, the, the first century Christians, they took this same message that says, you do know that, that God exists. Look here in the temple of all these other gods, you have one to the un- unknown God. And I'm going to tell you who that one unknown God is. And it's the person who has made, it's the, it's the being who made everything. And all these gods are fake. And, and, uh, he, he, he has shown this by raising Jesus from the dead and some laughed because he talks about the resurrection of the dead and viewed the, the physical as, as not a, uh, a completely, uh, bad thing that hinders us from true spirituality, but some listened and, and would hear more on him and some believed and followed after him. 
And so we, we see that in the midst of him talking to people that might not have a full understanding of uh, Second Temple Judaism, but they have this ingrained in, in their being because uh, we also have the belief that everybody, regardless of who you are, what you look like, what your skin color is, where you hail from, what century you live in, what clothes you put on, what how much money you have, that you're made in the image of God. And so you share uh, unmutable characteristics with the rest of us being uh, uh, creations of God and being children of God uh, would would be through adoption. Uh, and so um, th- this, this, this idea of, well, you're suppressing the truth and unrighteousness is something you, you, um, you have to believe and claim to other people because that that's what we're told. That's, that's the standard we're, we're standing on. Now you can talk about deism in general, but that's not Christianity. What we're talking about is having a consistent Christian worldview. And one of those things is we all have a knowledge of God in and of ourselves and we're, we're denying it by suppressing the truth. So we can't stand on God's lap and shake our fist in his face by saying, not enough evidence, not enough evidence. We, we had had enough evidence and the Bible tells us that we do uh, have enough. And then wh- why don't I believe? Because I love m- my sin more than I love uh, uh, the light. I, I hate God uh, more than I love God, uh, which is none at all until he uh, gives me a new heart. Hmm. So, um, mm-hmm. so th- that's where this comes from. Uh, you know, if, if I were to say, well, we're neutral, all right, well, prove to me God exists. Well, uh, I mean, we can talk about, uh, maybe things out in the universe that point to God, but even then is, is to say that God is knowable, um, in the universe. Well, how do we know that? How, how, how can we, how can we point to Jesus without, um, uh, without God's word, without the Bible? Um, you know, uh, there was a guy uh, who in year zero existed and he claimed to have risen from the dead and there's some some uh, exterior claims about him. OK, that that's fine. And he died for your sins. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Where do you get that from? How do how do I get that out of nature? Well, again, you, you, you're not putting this down. You, you, you are proclaiming this. This is why you uh, are having this type of uh, argumentation or conversation. Uh, with this person is because you're proclaiming to them that God is real. He exists. Uh, uh, Jesus died and rose again uh, to save us from our sins. And by putting our trust in him, uh, that's how we are adopted into uh, the family of God. And so hopefully that, that that's what you're doing. And you don't just at the end of it go there. I've proven it. I picked back up my Bible. Let me tell you how important this book is. Well, hold on. <laughs> you just set it down for our entire conversation. I'm not sure yeah. you actually believe that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So you will never make headway dealing with unbelievers if you forget that unbelievers are suppressing the truth. They know God. They cannot help but know God because their very existence and ability to think and process information are dependent on him. As Acts 17, uh, 24 through 28 uh, talks about. It's not because you have uh, such great arguments. You don't need them. God has made himself known. Everyone should look at the created world and give praise to God. That's why God can make these these. Um, these judgments on people that have never heard the gospel because it is made known to them. Uh, what, what about the people in Papua New Guinea that don't have uh, an idea of, of a, a deity? Well, uh, uh, did they, they fail to live up to the, the God that has revealed himself to all creation? Yes. Okay, well, then they're judged in the same fashion that we all are. And so God can have mercy on who he has mercy. And one of those might be to send missionaries or uh, in, in some way to, um, to, to reveal himself, but 
uh, through through this uh, this uh, kind of second age of the church age, uh, he sent his son, and then through his son, he sent us. And so, uh, um, getting getting to um, this type of argumentation of I, I, well, I don't have enough evidence. The the Bible says that we do have enough, and so mm-hmm. we we want to believe the Bible because that's our standard. Good. And so, um, you know, Bonson tells us that when a person suppresses the truth. He asked the question, does that mean then that they're always self-conscious about suppressing the truth? Uh, You know, when you talk to your unbelieving professor, for instance, is he or she sitting there saying, I know there's a God and I'm I'm trying to escape that, but I'm going to lie to this person. And he says, no, that's not what he's saying that unbelievers do. He says, Paul says that they suppress the truth in unrighteousness. They push it down. They distort it. They don't want to look at it. They rationalize it. They try to escape it, right? And so he calls this section rationalizing away what is known to be true, right? They're trying to escape it. They're trying to rationalize it, right? So it may not be, uh, you know, they may not consciously be doing this is the point I think that he's trying to make it. Right, right. Right. And, and so that, that's why kind of the two-step approach for presuppositionalism is, okay, let's assume that your position is true. Uh, why should I care about other people in, in a world where uh, uh, the survival of the fittest, those, those who are, are, are um, uh, uh, best suited for their environment and who, who struggle and survive under the, the harsh conditions will be the, the strongest and pass along the, that DNA to the, to, the, to the next generation. So not only uh, must we uh, kill weak people, but we must forcefully breed with people who are of equal stature uh, in, in value so that we can have a strong species that will continue to survive. Because uh, for some odd reason, that's important. And by important, I mean, it's important to the general <laughs> scope of of evolution to kind of keep us going on although uh to to say that might put too much uh uh emphasis on personhood within uh who evolution is (laughs) and so and so you know why don't we do that well because we care about human dignity or uh society is best formed in this type of environment well let's just try let's let's just try to to do it this way because um well especially if you're claiming that nature that's the way nature operates anyway right so why are we going against it Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Gazelles <laughs> might do uh, your way of, of community and, and huddling together, but the lion comes in and takes the food out of the mouths of, of the, uh, of the tigers. And so that's perfectly fine for, for that. So let's continue that model. We need more lions and thank you tigers for, for um, doing all the hard work, but uh, I'm more important than you. And uh, I'm going to go uh, t- take over this other pride, but first I'm going to kill all the children over there because they're not mine. Hmm. Okay, well, by what standard are we going to say that 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 shouldn't happen? Hold, stop, pause. Uh, I wouldn't like that. You wouldn't like that either. Uh, you know, but I, and, I can you do know it. What? We all agree that we wouldn't like it. <laughs> right. We have a good reason why it's bad. Exactly. And, and that's the second it. approach. That yeah. That is the second approach is yeah. to say, but I have a reason why we have that feeling of, of well, that's not fair. Oh, fair, fair, fair out in the world is survival of the fittest and, and kill or be killed, eat or, or be eaten. And so I don't, I don't know what this uh, is talking about, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, so, so there's our two-step approach for, for presuppositionalism is saying, uh, let's take your standard and, and see if it fits uh, with what you're saying. And then let me tell you about the better standard. And so mm-hmm. again, that's when you have to always have the Bible in your hand 
uh, because that's that's the standard, and and uh, you shouldn't you shouldn't shy away from that because that's exactly what you believe. All right, uh, so they try to escape it, right? But they can't do it. They can't get away from knowing the true God, and that's why they're guilty before Him. In the act of suppressing the truth, the unbeliever is in contact with the truth. So you can't push something down without touching it, pushing it, right? Contacting it, right? Right. Can't suppress it without contacting it. Yes. Uh, Having these moral claims that we're just saying, well, you know, let's think about other people here. Well, okay, you're you're coming into contact with a a thing that isn't physical, but you're still saying, uh, I kind of like this because uh, it's beneficial to me because then you won't kill me. And I'm a I'm a shorter person or I'm 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 less muscular or you have the gun and I don't. And so I want to try and convince you uh, that uh, that we should all live in a perfect harmony. Uh, until I can get my own gun and or uh, uh, go to the gym a couple times, and so and so uh, so we're always interacting with this, even if it's not that that physical form of well, here's a bone in the dirt, and so here's evolution or creationism. Uh, no, it, it comes in contact with each of those things of 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 talking about two plus two equals four, and and again, look at what we're seeing now is well, that's just uh, colonial, uh, uh, you know. Uh, 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 mathematics. And so there may be other ways to do math. Okay, let's do that. And let's, let's put you on a rocket and launch you to the moon and see if you can make it with, with the new, with the new math. Well, why is the, why is there this standard that can't evolve math that's in the universe? Why, why is there something there that's not physical, but that, uh, governs the universe? Well, it seems to, to be, uh, the Christians who have a better answer than, well, just random chance and it brings about the most perfect system that continues to uh, make the bubble that's out of uh, an infinite number of bubbles in, in uh, a bigger universe possible uh, because then we can we can change that 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 uh, one over infinity symbol to uh, closer <laughs> to infinity over infinity which is one and that's why we get the universe <laughs> Uh, so what do you do when you uh, can't face your guilt? What do you do when you don't want to think of yourself as actually doing something disreputable? Well, you hide it. Sometimes you try to hide it in yourselves, and we hide things from ourselves by rationalizing, by saying, I had a good reason for it. We see this all the time with, with criminals who know that there's a standard, but rationalize it through, through different means. Well, I had to steal the food uh, because I have children at home. Uh, now I couldn't have gone to a food bank. I could have go- couldn't have gone to a local church. I needed the food right now. And you know, are you going to deprive me of the same thing that your kids have? No, absolutely not. And so I had a good reason for it. But for other people, that uh, that would be wicked. Uh, that store owner uh, doesn't have that food that they can sell to feed their family. So you come into conflict. So how do we determine this conflict? Both of them have a good reason for it. But one of them views it as wicked and the other one uh, says he has a good reason for it. Sometimes we do our wickedness so habitually that we stop thinking self-consciously about it. We can fool ourselves, which is actually the second part of Romans 1. So they, they uh, force themselves to, to, to suppress the truth so much that God gives them over to it and says, okay, you want to live apart from me so bad? Here, let's, let's do so. And there you get the decline and fall of the, the entire Roman Empire that conquers the, the known world. Uh, or, you know, you, you, you have these nation states that rise up through, through power of one individual and say, yes, might makes right. And that person dies and their children are 
less weak because they grew up in that type of environment where they had a, a, a few too many cakes and less less training periods. And so then you have the the fracture of those societies that that's that's uh, split up from there. And so exactly. we, we, we fool ourselves in, in kind of those two fashions. Right. Exactly. And so he says, that, you know, the reason why, uh, you know, they would like you to think that they are neutral is that it's one of the ways that they suppress the truth in our lives. Well, I just, you know, let's be neutral, right? And that's a way of suppressing the truth in our lives. They know God, but this is one of the ways in which they don't have to face up to God. He says, uh, you know, we don't think about religion in biology, biology class. We don't bring Christianity in when we're talking about literature or philosophy or whatever it may be. We're going to be neutral. So even though they know God, they're pretending they don't, he tells us. And the result of this is that they will become foolish, as Paul says, in their thinking. Right. Right. And, and again, this is, this is not something that they're sticking their fingers in and saying, la, la, la. But they're right. coming up to things where it, it seems to go against what their ultimate belief should lead them to. And they're, they're taking a different approach. And what you're doing is you're pointing that out and saying, well, shouldn't you say that since all life is unfair, we should, we shouldn't care about this way. And the only reason to follow the law is because there are other people with guns who are more powerful than you to stop you from doing that. So you shouldn't do things because they're good, but because there's enough powerful forces behind this. And so that's, you know, Bakari and Bentham's uh, 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 cause of crime is, is to, to, to make the, the laws so uh, reflexive of punishment that you, you increase the pain for the little pleasure that offsets out of doing the crime of, of rape or murder or, or uh, theft or, you know, uh, arson or whatever it might be. And so um, th that's, uh, that's one of the ways we can um, kind of point that out. Uh, but the other way is to say uh, there is a God and he made the world in a certain way and he made you in his image. And one of those ways in which you are made is reflective of all humanity so that they structure themselves in a way that seems to be uh, uh, supportive of, of things like uh, marriage or uh, uh, trust and uh, fairness and uh, uh, the, the golden rule. Why is the golden rule in all these other different religions? Yes, exactly. What, and, and why are, why are bone structures made in, in a similar fashion? You know, that's that common designer, uh, uh, retort that we can make in the chapters that follow. Then, uh, he's going to say that, um, that he will teach you to exploit that foolishness so that, uh, they can see the implications of their views, which we kind of uh, hit a little bit here mm -hmm. that they know the same God you worship. They believe in rationality. They believe in science. They believe in uniformity of nature. They believe in moral absolutes. They believe in the dignity of man and they shouldn't, but why do they, they know these things, but they have no right to appeal to them. And you're going to have to take those things away from them and say, the only way you can think this way, the only way that you can justify believing in those things is by admitting the truth about God. I worship as a Christian. And so again, it's, it's that made in the image of God. It's uh, uh, knowing and then suppressing the truth and righteousness. And, and we believe that because that's what the Bible points out. And also it's what we see reflective in nature, according to our worldview. And so the, the book of scripture and the book of nature seem to pass through each other. And we see the truth is evident in both these things because, well, why are these, these universal things? What, you know, why has man for, for millennia looked up to the heavens and said, why am I here? 
Well, who cares? The lion doesn't do that. The, the, the bear doesn't do that. The bear, the bear cares about the, the cubs and sometimes not even about their cubs, but other people's cubs that they've adopted. Well, why is that? And so, uh, th that's what we want to look at here with the next chapter talking about, um, uh, looking at what is philosophy and, uh, why, why is it important? Right. Good. So, uh, against all opposition, defending the Christian worldview, Greg Bonson. That's right. And so, uh, thanks again for holding out, uh, for Tony. That's why we all come back here for Tony. That's why I keep coming back here, at least personally. So, uh, so thanks for, uh, joining us and, uh, um, hopefully, uh, you'll, you'll see once again that, uh, we're, we're just, uh, continuing this over. It's not, it's just an hour difference between us and then, you know, a couple hundred miles here and there. So it, it's, uh, it's not even that we're talking past each other. It's we're, uh, I'm, I'm talking down to Tony and Tony's talking. Down to Tony. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Everyone. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time. See you next time.